welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I'm your co-host Kevin slash Bucky here with Oh, you've got diamonds. Just diamond. Um, and this is the Midnight Terrors motherfucking podcast. Jason, you are Diamond Jason, if there's ever been a Diamond Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Diamond. You like to slash it out, but we know who we know who we are. Yeah, no, we got this. Uh, but it's Jason for uh, for those <laughs> listening when I say Jason, because I don't call you Diamond, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but uh, Jason, we're back. This is uh, these will be coming out spaced out from each other. But this is uh, round two of our very busy recording week that we're doing. Uh, and <laughs> we're still busy, alive. At, we're still alive at the moment. Busy doesn't uh, even describe it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but we're we're glad uh, that we can do it. Uh, it. It is a lot of work, but uh, it's a lot of fun work. So, um, we're we're down with it. That it is, and one of the uh, many things that we love about doing the show is getting to make new friends, including our guest here tonight. So we have. Oh, we have a wait, 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 wait. We have a guest. We do have a guest. We do. <laughs> Actually, he's a new co-host. He's uh, he's just going to replace us. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. <laughs> he's replacing us, or he's, he's replacing t- me. News flash. He's, he's replacing both of us. <laughs> he's so good at socials and uh, and just owning the internet that uh, that we're going to have him just replace us. <laughs> okay. All right. So but, we're just. Uh, we're just turning it over to him and yeah we're going into retirement (laughs) all right all right cool. (laughs) but uh no we've we've got uh, a new friend here this evening a uh a i will say podcasting and internet royalty here we've got (laughs) we have royalty shit (laughs) royalty (laughs) we have got generic as we will call him tonight he is the host of the generic podcast which is a hangout show showcasing the many talented people working in horror, science fiction, and fantasy communities from authors and directors to animators and game designers. The generic podcast that he runs aims to deliver informative episodes covering various topics, ways of life, and fields of work. I wish I came up with something that good for our description about our podcast. (laughs) I'm reading this off and I'm just like, God damn, that's good. (laughs) But uh, generic, welcome to the show, my friend. What's going I was on? just about to say, is there some shit that you don't do? <laughs> uh, sleep probably would be. <laughs> I see your streaming hours on there, streaming nightly from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. CST. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sleep is for the there week. But uh, yeah. generic, welcome to the show, my friend. Man, thanks for having me. I've been listening to your show for quite a while. You guys got some pretty cool episodes, so I'm I'm really excited to be on here and talk about the ring today. Hell yeah, man. I, 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 we are not worthy right now. I just like, <laughs> as I'm spouting off all the stuff that you, that you've done and all the, the socials you run and how much you've accomplished with your podcast. I'm just like, Jason, we're slacking, man. We're just, we're over here bitching about four <laughs> recordings in one week. <laughs> then we got this guy over here but uh no man well uh, well there goes kevin fellation everything as yeah, usual no. <laughs> credit where credit is due Felace where fellation is due <laughs> but uh no man it's uh it's great to have you on the show uh we actually got linked up with you through our mutual friend uh and one of our favorite horror authors r jacob honeybrook aka roy um mm-hmm. he was a guest on your show for an interview about his writing and uh I guess he had some some okay things to say about us, which is how we we got in touch. Yeah, yeah, it was 
So, so I had a I had him on, and we were you know doing the kind of preamble chit chat that we do. Uh, I, I feel like most people that you know do podcasts have some kind of preamble. I, at least I hope so. It's not just like oh yeah, in business time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, he said some some pretty cool things about y'all. Checked out the podcast and everything, and he was just like, "Guy, you gotta do a gotta do an episode with these guys." <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we're happy to have you here again. Uh, I'm really enjoying enjoying listening to the generic podcast as well. I love the name, the whole aesthetic. I think the concept is awesome. So uh, we're excited to have you on here tonight. We're definitely going to dive into that uh, later in the show. But before we get going here, as you probably found out listening, when you're a new guest on our show, you get put in the hot seat with the golden two-part question, which is, as a horror fan... How did you get into the horror genre? And I will throw it to my co-host Jason to throw his uh, <laughs> his add-on to this question. <laughs> yep, and which one fucked you up? I'm sorry, I coughed there for a second. I just, I just want to make a sound of it. <laughs> was your question? Um, so <laughs> it's how did you get into horror? And then my question is, which one fucked you up? Ooh, okay, so. Um, this is a, a pretty interesting one, and this also explains how I got generic. So um, I've been gaming for pretty much as long as I can remember. It's pretty much as, as like back in Atari 2600. That's like when I started gaming. Um, and so as, as soon as we got like the online multiplayer and all that stuff, I made uh, my gamer tag, which is generic. And the majority of the games that I played were horror. And even before that, in PS1, PS2. Um, so I had, like, watched a few horror movies here and there. Um, more, like, cheesy ones, like um, Green Slime. I don't know if y'all have ever seen that movie. Um, and then, like, a lot of different, like, kaiju films and everything. Obviously, like, Godzilla and stuff like that. So that was kind of, like, the, the like, start of my horror journey because um, I grew up in a, a Christian household so it's like a lot of the stuff that I would want to watch I either couldn't watch or like I would have to like I couldn't play Resident Evil um, but if I called it by its Japanese name which is Biohazard I could play it uh, yeah. so it's really <laughs> how I got into a lot of horror um, is through video games um, so my biggest uh, or like most favorite franchise is Silent Hill and so most of the direction of the horror that I've wanted to go in is because of Silent Hill. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a book. Nice. Said, and mine was Silent Hill. That's like, that was like my big intro. And so then like I started discovering all these other things. So um, probably the best answer would be Silent Hill is, is what got me into it. There and you then, go. Well, and and Bucky and I are, are both uh, huge gamers. Um and uh yeah i i've even talked about on the podcast quite a few times um kind of some of my introduction to horror was uh some friends of mine uh locking me in a dark room with uh resident evil 2 you know <laughs> on the original playstation uh and you know just let me get the piss scared out of me uh and <laughs> <laughs> so um, and, and Bucky and I both love horror games, uh, and, and we've talked about that. We've even ha had an episode about, you know, just kind of gaming as, as far as it, uh, goes with horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, so we've definitely done, done that and, and 
we definitely understand. Um, so, um, so which which horror movie though? Um, which which horror movie like fucked you up? Like, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, that kind of like links back to to not being able to watch a lot of horror. Um, be Freddy Krueger, the original one. Um, okay. Yeah. At the scene, the 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 bed scene where like he comes up, and grabs Johnny Depp, and pulls him into the the bed, and the blood's going everywhere. <laughs> that is the point. Sure. Like my parents came in and were like, "You can't watch this." The <laughs> longest time, you know, because it like it like screwed me up psychologically. Because they like the only thing that I could think of. Well, now there's this dude that can't be defeated that kills you in your dreams. And he's just going to come get me. And I'm just like, and I, I already had sleeping problems. I've always had sleeping problems. So I'm like, now I really can't fall asleep. <laughs> Damn, I'm going to be next. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That, that one will do it. That uh, we, we touched on, we haven't done an episode on the very original Nightmare on Elm Street yet, but we touched on it with our October watch list fantasy draft. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, that, that original Nightmare film is still just, a masterpiece like it's they still very scary too sorry what's that it saved that film company like if that movie didn't do well that yeah would have been just gone i know it's crazy oh, yeah. the yeah. house that freddie built new line cinema mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then, well and uh, um believe lord we, of the rings we... lord of the rings tore it down <laughs> with how much money <laughs> they spent on that <laughs> Well, I, I kind of come from similar background because my father is a minister. So um, mm -hmm. when when I was young, yeah, I definitely could not watch like horror films and stuff like that. Um, but like in middle school, um, I just had a bunch of friends that uh, we would just kind of go over there and hang out after school and stuff like that. And that's that was kind of my intro to or uh, one of the guys worked at uh, worked at Blockbuster. <laughs> uh and he he would just bring home like every horror movie that he could possibly find um because i wasn't able to watch them at home um uh but uh now it's kind of funny because now my dad uh still a minister uh is all into watching horror movies with me um so um so it's kind of funny but no no i get you like we kind of come from similar space hell yeah yeah well, there we go. Uh, thank you for sharing your history with the horror genre here with us. Uh, always fun to hear where people are coming from and how their interests in the genre have sort of been uh, shaped and molded. So mm -hmm. that brings us to the movie at hand tonight, which was picked by Generic. Uh, we're discussing The Ring, the American remake of The Ring from 2002. Um, definitely a classic, I would say, at this point. And uh, we're going to get into the reasons why. So generic, what uh, we touched on this a little bit, me and you, when we were messaging on the Instagram, but what kind of, what kind of drew you to this movie as your pick? And uh, I actually want to sort of piggyback off of something that, uh, that RJ Honeybrook mentioned to me, which is uh, your, your fandom for like Jap, like J-horror. Yeah. Um, so I wanted, so I wanted to ask you what drew you to picking this movie, but also kind of what's your, what's your background with the subgenre of J-horror? What is it about it that appeals to you? Ah, okay. So this is, this is a, this is always a pretty interesting question. Um, cause I do, I'm, this is like one of the things that I cover a lot on um, TikTok is a lot of, well, one is horrible movies. Another one is, um, J-horror. Um, and so 
again with Silent Hill. Um, I don't think I saw any of the Ring movies of the the original. Um, well, not not the original ones, the American ones, until after um 2004 when um Silent Hill 4 came out which is my favorite game um and one of the reasons that I was drawn um to play Silent Hill was because of the uh, original Japanese uh release of Ringu and I think that was let's see I have a whole bunch of stuff over here that was released in 1990 no yes yeah 1998 I think right um yeah and the book was the book came out in 1991, and then the movie released in 1998. Um, and one of the things that I think drew me specifically to The Ring is because at that point in time, you didn't have a lot of movies where it was like the evil just like latches onto you, right? Like you had things that, you know, obviously you have all the classic movies where they stalk you or this, that, or the other thing. This was like one of the first movies where there was like that looming dread of like, okay, it's not like if I fall asleep or, or, you know, or if I go to this lake specifically and something's going to come out of the water and, and chase me around and hack me to death with a machete or blow me apart or whatever. Like, no, this was like, you watch a, a videotape and uh, you know, then something is just going to haunt you. And, you know, for, especially for people um, it sounds like everyone here has, has, been around at least to experience blockbuster and mm -hmm. uh you know there have been several times where i would go and i'd get a movie and i'd open it up and it would be something completely different or like somebody had <laughs> switched it out like a family film <laughs> you know <laughs> and then you put it on and you're like what the hell is this um and so that like as especially those uh movies in general um brought me to a different kind of horror um but then um i think it wasn't until what nine so silent hill the room came out in 2004 i think it was like maybe like the next year or two 2005 2006 when i graduated uh yeah i was right in that area yeah yeah so that's when i watched um the american version of uh the ring and then the second one um, and they're also shot for shot, which is pretty strange. Um, but I think the American one is done better. The the um, am the 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 um, ambiance, I guess you could say, and um, setting as far as the Japanese version is is a little bit more my style. It's very kind of like grungy, kind of like um, low budgety film kind of stuff. And the American version is like super polished. Um, and I think it kind of loses some of the atmosphere that way. Like they like they're trying to explain too much, I think, with like the the little girl. How she's I don't know if you guys remember or not what there was like in the, in the American version, she's sitting there and she's like, I just I want to hurt people and this that, and they're trying <laughs> to explain this thing. And it's just like I yeah. Japanese horror and and a lot of like cosmic horror and then Lovecraftian horror and stuff like that, like. They don't explain things. And I think like the less that is explained um, by either, you know, whether it's a game, movie, book or whatever, the less you know about the stuff that's stalking you, the more frightening it is. And I think that's why um, It Follows, which 
I, I feel probably wouldn't have happened um, if the ring was not a thing, um, but it follows <laughs> almost the exact same thing. Um, but instead of a VHS tape, you have um, people doing it. <laughs> and yeah, and then, well, and then it follows yeah. led to uh, Smile as well, which we covered uh, yeah. way early on in the year, which is kind of a, a mishmash of the ring and um, it follows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to the team. Well, I mean, there's there's mm -hmm. there's a couple of things that like that you touched on, especially like in the early 2000s or kind of like that era. It was uh, taking that J-horror and bringing it to the U.S. or doing the mm -hmm. remix, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, between um, doing, you know, Ringu and Juan, you know, The Grudge, uh, you know, they did quite a few, like, in that era, uh, you know, that were just great, like, J-horror movies that they kind of remake or, or brought over to us. Um, and I, I I thought they were all great. Um, and I, I think the ring is great too. Um, but uh, you were saying that uh, you know it, it's that the ring maybe is not as grungy as the Japanese or or as Ringu. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I feel like uh, for an American uh, horror movie, I I feel like it's it's pretty it's pretty grungy, or if if not grungy, just the stylization of the movie. Oh yeah, I felt like a, 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 for the time was yeah. was really good, um, especially with like kind of like the lighting and everything. Uh, I thought it was really good, but. Yeah, um, it's, before uh, we get before we get too deep into it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I think it's appropriate that we're doing the ring as the first time we're covering J horror on the show because Jason and Jason, you touched on this just a second ago. It's important to note the and this is something we haven't pinpointed too much on the show, but like definitely from I would say like the well, going back even probably all the way back to the 70s, there's mm -hmm. been like eras of horror where yeah. some subgenre takes over, right? And it's like then just several years of this trend in horror. This is what's hot right now. And generic, you touched on it. In the early 2000s, pretty much after The Ring, it was like an explosion mm -hmm. of America realizing holy shit, there's this whole like untapped world of horror, yeah. you know, overseas that we don't even know about, but the ring really is the, the top contributor there. Cause this is the one that blew down the floodgates and then after, or blew down the gates. And after that, we'd get the grudge, we'd get uh one miss call. We would get um, uh, dark waters was another reimagining of that. Yeah. And that was the, that came a year after the original one, which is pretty crazy. Yep, like, and we like get those started turning out was mm -hmm. like, and we get the ring too. Obviously, we get sequels to the Grudge. Um, it was a phenomenon, and it was a very uh, interesting time in horror. And then shortly after that, we we were hit with the torture porn subgenre, which was starting to come out. There really were in the two thousands, kind of like two, in my opinion, two big looming 
um, like top dogs in horror, which would have been the J horror movies and the torture porn movies, which were still like kind of on the come up. So I think it's appropriate that we start with the ring. Cause that's kind of the movie that brought this all um, to be in the two thousands. And uh, it's a classic in its own right. And, and I also think that um, Jason, I think, you know, tying to what you were saying about the, the grunginess, for a 2000s movie, this is very polished, but it's also got some grit to it that I don't think we see a lot anymore. <laughs> and, maybe, well, and maybe it's the the feel of the videotapes, um, which were, you know, kind of going out of style by by this point. But the feel of the tape and the just the the gruesome imagery that we see, um, it's well, got a little the, bit of a grungy feel to it, I think. It does. Well, and, and at the same time, not just like the J-horror movies. uh you start getting like kind of the the French horror movies uh, or or all these overseas, you know, kind of uh, horror movies uh, like High Tension, mm-hmm. um, which was around the same time. And uh, I think a lot of like American filmmakers are like, dude, what are these guys doing? <laughs> like <laughs> these guys, <laughs> these guys are crushing shit. <laughs> Like they're making great fucking movies, and why are we not doing this? Yeah. Um, so and and again, high tension is uh, you know, one of my favorites too. That is a you know, that's it's a foreign horror film, and uh, just and and I'm glad honestly that they did not do like a, a US remake of it, uh, because I think it's perfect as it is, yeah. Um, but but yeah, it was just kind of that era where. Um, you know, U.S. filmmakers started realizing that, uh, you know, these guys are fucking us up. They're making great horror <laughs> films. Yeah. <laughs> I think, know. I think that, uh, yeah, it was a big melting pot of a lot of different cultures coming in to, to the horror genre over here in America, which was a really interesting time in horror. It was a very diverse, um, era and for me and generic after here in a sec i want to throw it back to you to kind of ask you and jason what when was the first time you came in contact with this movie for me as you know i was in if this was 2002 i was still in elementary school when this came out so this was like a whispered about movie by the time i got to like middle school it was one of the scariest things for my friends that because i wasn't into horror yet so for Mm -hmm. my friends that watched it it was like it was basically like the videotape in itself it was this whispered about movie that was so insanely scary and i remember having a friend told me literally pissed himself when when (laughs) when the final confrontation happens and uh, we see what Samara can really do. Um, yeah. So then for me, I actually, this is a funny anecdote, and I actually told Bonnie Morgan this, who plays uh, Samara in The Ring 2 for the contortion scenes and then fully in Rings. I met her at a con last September. I saw The Ring 2, American Ring 2, Ring 2 before I saw The Ring. Uh, and okay. That's what I do when I watch Terrifier. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason, if this was because the ring two was oh six. So I think you and my sister were dating at this time, right? Yeah. Okay. So you guys were going to go see uh or no, sorry, it wasn't oh six, it was oh four. So maybe you weren't around yet. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was. Okay. So 
say you and my sister were going to go see The Ring 2. You invited me and my middle school best friend at the time to go to the theater to see The Ring 2. We got yeah. there. We bought the tickets. I was super nervous. And but you all were like, it's going to be fun. Don't worry about it. And I, we got to the theater. I was in my seat. We were ready to watch the movie. And I chickened out at the very last second <laughs> and grabbed my sister's cell phone to call my dad to come get me because I could not stand to sit through it. The movie hadn't even started yet. And I chickened out and went home and my friend stayed and watched the movie with you and my sister, which was very funny. Um, and then probably two years later, when I was homesick, I watched The Ring 2 on uh, on TV. Um, and right after watching it, I fell asleep on the couch like that same night. And then The Ring 2 started playing on the television again. And I woke up at three in the morning to see Samara doing the spider crawl up the side of the well. <laughs> and I could not get off the couch and scramble for that remote fast enough. <laughs> so uh, this was definitely... Uh, the Ring 2 and The Ring were definitely influential horror movies for me getting into the into the genre early on. So, uh, Generic, I want to throw it back to you. When did you first see The Ring at 2002? And what's your what's your background with this movie? Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I, I so I saw it in um, in high school, you know, so it's uh, so if I graduated in 2006. Um, so I want to say like 2005 was when I first got into it. Um, I think I like watched it right before um playing the room in silent hill um but one of the things that i hadn't realized um and i think i just like might have skipped over this film because i was i was at that point where like um i was linking up with a lot of my friends and everything and we, we would just go to the movies on the weekends and like 2002 was an absolute shift for um the horror genre at least in the states i mean um, we had fear.com which kind of went under the radar it's kind of like yeah a great film but like <laughs> i like the i like the approach of it but um cabin fever we had cabin fever then um ghost ship great. Oh, yeah. 28 days later they um yes resident evil came out um with uh mila malkovich right so I, th I think that's her name um yeah 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 and then um we got blade 2 which in my opinion <laughs> yeah. Like, great fucking movie the, the trilogy i don't know the, hey like, freaking men dude <laughs> and then, uh, dude it's the best <laughs> one yeah <laughs> for all the cube fans the second cube movie came out then oh yeah uh, so i mean it was a it was an interesting shift um and for some reason i don't know why i didn't see that one in theaters um i think i think it was just like a conflict and schedule or something i don't know because at that time so if that when that movie came out i uh, i think i was still trying to sneak into theater like figure out how to sneak into theaters the one that, <laughs> that, that, um we didn't we didn't have side entrance doors so th that's like another way that i started getting into horrors because they we didn't have side entrance doors at the mall and, <laughs> and mark redid the theater they set up doors at the um at either end and then the mistake was that you could see through them. So you could just have somebody go in, get the ticket or whatever. And then, you, you know, you just let your friends in and like, that's, that's that. You need to see <laughs> the movie you want. <laughs> yeah. I was also, I was also yeah. looking at 2002 online. Talk about a, talk about a hell of a year for, yeah. uh, for horror there. You listed off those, but Queen of the Damned was also 2002. 
Um, uh, what the hell else? Was we I don't talk that? about that one. <laughs> I have never seen it, so I can't say anything about it. Oh man! Uh, well, we don't we don't talk about that one. We also got uh, the Mothman prophecies in two thousand two, which is scary as shit. Saw that one in theaters and was highly uncomfortable at that time. Yeah, we got we <laughs> yeah got a, yeah Mothman's good. We got a fantastic horror comedy that I love with eight legged freaks. <laughs> yeah, that movie cracks me up. Halloween Resurrection. So the Halloween mm-hmm. franchise was on its last legs in that first iteration at that time. Oh, uh, is that the one with Busta Rhymes? It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Red <laughs> Red Dragon came out in 2002. Yeah, Red Dragon's great. And Jason, a, a very important movie for you, or two important movies for you and us, uh, Dog Soldiers was 2002. Okay. Yep. And uh, an important one for you, American Psycho 2. <laughs> did that even did that even get theater release i don't i don't probably think. not no, i think it was yeah and uh, listen mila kunis is hot as shit but uh what a what a what a fucking piece of shit now you have shit to have a movie episode <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just I had to mess with Jason because I know he hates that movie. But uh, Jason, what was your background with the ring? Um, you know, I well, uh, like you said, I I think I did uh go see this in the theater with your sister. Um, and uh, I, I well, remember that, that would have been the it. ring too. This was this was before you and Heather met in two thousand two. Uh, two thousand. To... Oh no, maybe not. Yeah. You guys, you yeah, guys went to yeah, high school actually... together, so maybe, maybe you guys did go to theater together. <laughs> no, probably, no, probably not. Um, because I graduated in two thousand two, and we didn't um really start hooking up until um a couple years after. But um, it, but uh, I, I remember seeing the ring, and and I liked the ring, and it was uh very interesting, um, especially. For for me being like a just a huge film fan in general uh the the aesthetic and and the lighting and everything for this movie um really kind of um intrigued me so it, it was it was the first thing that i kind of seen like this and and i think that they they took all of the aesthetic and everything, obviously, you know, from the um, from the Japanese version. Um, so I, I I remember seeing it and and just being like, man, I haven't seen anything like this before, or or, or at least up until that point. Uh, and uh, I remember being very impressed by it, and and I still, I mean, I rewatched it today um and and i still enjoy it i think it's really good um and just um yeah just at at the point when it came out or or the first time that i saw it and like i said i i i'm pretty sure i saw it in theater i'm not 100 percent, but i know the first time that i saw it i was just like really impressed by it Yeah. yeah um well, I mean that's a good segue. Let's let's dive into the plot of the ring uh, for a little bit. I'm sure that uh, 
most people listening probably know what the plot is um, because it's been referenced so much. We've got uh, Samara and her cursed videotape. And if you watch uh, the cursed videotape with these creepy ass images that we're definitely going to talk about, uh, (laughs) you are going to die in seven days. And uh, that's essentially the plot. Um, This movie has one of the most flawless creepy ass openings to any horror movie um it's iconic at this point with these two girls sitting around talking about the curse videotape and uh generic right away this (laughs) this movie sets a a hell of a tone and you know you coming from the background of seeing the ringu movies does the tone in the ringu movies differ from the tone that they set up here in the beginning here or is it pretty true to to the originals um so aside from there there's very few differences like the the biggest difference is towards the end when you get to the actual well um but in the beginning they're both pretty similar um i think one of the things that you'll notice right away if you watch the american version then you watch the japanese version is um one the color dynamics so um a lot of films and have a very distinct color dynamic versus like when you see Korean horror, um, it's very noticeable when you're watching a Korean horror film versus like the American version, especially during that time. Like they all have very distinct patterns of what colors are popping out and kind of like the different camera angles and everything. So in the Japanese version, you get the that looming dread just from the camera angles and like the way that it's, I can't remember if there's music playing. There's more music and more soundtrack involved in the American version. I can't remember if there's anything playing in the beginning at all. Um, but the way that everything is shot and presented, it's a little bit more dreadful inducing in the Japanese version. But as far as what happens, it's almost, like I said, it's almost shot for shot. Um, and in the American version... The thing that pops out more than in the Japanese version. So in the Japanese version, when somebody dies, you know, they just have like this look of it's like a funny, almost hilarious looking um face because nothing they didn't do anything. There's, there's like no makeup done, there's no CGI or anything. It's just somebody kind of like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's a screen, there's a screenshot for this episode. Yeah, it's just <laughs> you know but that's uh that's what you get you know and it's always upside down it's always upside down so it's like even if they're like approaching the person from the front view they still show the the character upside down so no idea why the hell they decided to do that but it's just (laughs) the american version you know like the face is all contorted and it's got like the discoloration and everything um so i I think that they did that a lot better than in the japanese there there's a lot more stuff well done in the american version than there is in the japanese one and so well, from well one of the things that you touched on there we don't talk about a whole lot um but the color scheme in the movie one of my favorite things about this version with the ring is all of the color palettes throughout the movie are kind of blue like reflecting like water um you know even in yeah the- i was yeah, I was yeah, going to e- say that. Even in the rooms in the house that we start off in with the two girls, um, everything is like blue. 
And it's very in touch with the theme of water, which is important for the plot line in itself. And uh, the movie looks fantastic. Like it's shot really well. Um, And again, it just, it has that feel. And I wondered if, uh, because I've seen clips from Ringu and it seems similar, but also very different at the same time uh, in terms of the way it looks and feels. Mm-hmm. Well, the 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 color scheme and and like the palette is definitely very intentional. And like you said, it's kind of like a bluish or like kind of green, uh, like somewhere in between there. Um, and it's it's I think it's very intentional. Um, and the reason, of course, you know, once we get to the end, is because uh you know water is very highly involved uh and then and then also not just water but water at the the bottom of the well is just like kind of gross and kind of green yeah and also the cliff that they're that they're standing by in the in the flashback as well there's like that big uh cliff with the shoreline there um right very true so that's a really, really interesting setup. So we get started here um, at the two girls, the two girls house that we're that we're watching. And we get a great scene of dialogue, which uh, I know that exposition can be kind of a, a cheap way to set things up. But I love the way that these girls talk about the curse videotape and just the way it it sets it up immediately. I don't know about you guys, but I'm on edge every time they talk about this videotape. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, you're sitting around with your friends and you start telling some weird messed up stories. I mean, if that's was your thing back in the day, you know. <laughs> yep. Oh, absolutely. It's like know? a little ghost story. And um, but again, so different because again, at this time, technology wasn't what it was. So we or what it is now. We don't we didn't have unfriended and friend requests and all these like internet horror movies, because the internet wasn't really popular yet. So to think that you could experience something evil from something like a VHS tape was, was new. It wasn't a creature. It wasn't a slasher. It was attached to an object, which we would get, you know, a lot of as well with, you know, cursed objects, but the ring VHS tape is kind of where it all started. And we, we get this opening kill scene. One of the girls, you know, disappears. She says she's watched the tape. Uh, seven days prior and then her friend sees the water dripping out of the room which again is just a feeling of dread and we get the that great ear piercing static (laughs) sound the that plays from the videotape um and then we you know we cut to uh, our main character rachel and her son uh, aiden and I just got to say, I love Naomi Watts. I think she's a highly underrated actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's um, she in both movies too, which mm-hmm. is even... Go ahead, Jason. Um, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, I mean, just kind of a couple little things in there. Like, it's the first time, like, because when, when the movie came out, um, it was kind of, at the dawn of the DVD age, like, so DVD was not, um, it was, it was like coming in, but, you know, there were still like blockbusters and people were going to rent VHS tapes and stuff like that. Um, But um, we had, 
internet, but internet wasn't uh, what it is today. I mean, right. it, you know, you had AOL and stuff like that. So it was, it was kind of one of the one of the first movies. It, it may not be the first, but it was it was an early one that kind of started, uh, you know, making some statements about like kind of social media or Internet or, you know, just media in general yeah. um, as as, you know, as something. Um, and then, you know, the fact that they're <laughs> watching VHS tapes and of course, <laughs> this is where you could you could still, you know, copy VHSs for yourselves and, um, you know, everything like that. So like it, it was it was it was really cool because, um, you know, it was it was before like VHS or, or before like, you know, Blair Witch or. Yep. you know before all this kind of stuff that that was kind of like media based it was it was a very early one that uh kind of started that kind of conversation um yeah. about about media and 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 I like that about it um and 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 like i said i i still think it's funny that it's vhs <laughs> yeah for sure it's definitely, <laughs> definitely a different world and a half uh back then for sure um, yeah yeah but I just, I don't know. I like these characters in the movie. I think um, Naomi Watts is a re is really good at at this character Rachel as you know the struggling mom, you know mm -hmm. being late to pick up her son, um, but you know still being close with her son. Um, I think she's a really good actress. The very first time I saw her was actually uh, 2005's Peter Jackson's King Kong, mm -hmm. uh, and then I went backwards and saw um her in this and uh i don't know i think i think all the characters are really um relatable here which which we're definitely not used to with a lot of horror movies especially coming out of the slasher and the uh the 90s kind of parody slashers yeah um but you know we meet rachel and we meet her sister who is the one who had the daughter that was just killed at the beginning which generic you touched on it already <laughs> but one of the scariest fucking scenes in this movie and in horror in general is the conversation that Rachel and her sister have in the kitchen. And her yeah. sister asks Rachel to investigate what happened. And she says, Rachel, please. I saw her face and it smash cuts to her daughter in the closet with an absolutely terrifying look on her face. Yeah. Which again, in the original one, <laughs> <laughs> no that i know this one's a little over the top with how like fucked up their mouth is like it's like extending more than any human mouth should oh man but, i uh, love mission though because oh, it's yeah. like it's it you know it shows you that like the terror is so profound that not only does it terrify you to death but it like distorts you in the process you mm -hmm. know it's, it's well, not I just think, yeah and i think well <laughs> what makes it worse though is that this daughter isn't on the floor like like a dead body would be. She's in the in the fetal position in the corner of the closet, and you just get this sense that like whatever scared her and killed her would just like just had to stare down at her, and yeah. that was enough to like stop her heart. Um, so, well, well, what kind of makes me laugh though <laughs> um, is that uh, you know her mom's talking about. Um, 
well, uh, her heart just stopped. And then you see, you know, the cut to like her face and her face is all jacked and distorted and everything. Yeah. And you're like, oh, her heart just stopped. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing else happened. There was nothing else in there that <laughs> might have right. fucked her up. Yeah, it's it like was the, just her heart like the... stopped. It's like yeah, the, Jaws, yeah. the Jaws scenario. It was a boating accident, <laughs> but she's fucking mauled to death. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's just like okay, uh, you know, her heart just stopped. Um, well, uh, I've seen plenty of people's heart stop, <laughs> um, and their face doesn't look like that, and they don't look like they're decayed for like five days. Well, it's it's because um, they didn't. It's because but... they didn't watch the videotape. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I just it it just kind of cracks me up. It was like, what the fuck? Like, man, obviously, well, and and her mother does say this is like some something fucked up happened. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, it it still kind of cracks me up. It's like, oh, her heart just stopped. Okay, word. <laughs> what were you gonna say, uh, generic? Uh, so I just, so that's one of the things that I think is very interesting about these films, and I think it's something that if you're not aware of the Japanese films, like if you haven't seen them before, especially um, the movies uh, Ring and Grudge, is there are a lot of yeah. intricacies that they adapted into the American version that don't make as much sense. And so it's like when we're finding that body in the closet, well, in um, both the Ring and the Grudge, when they find somebody in the beginning and they're in a closet and they're looking up, that's because in the way that they have architecture um, in a lot of Japanese homes, you go into the closet to access the attic. Oh. So in the Japanese yeah. films, it would make sense because if you're in a closet and they do this in, um, if you haven't seen it yet, um, in uh, the miniseries Juan, um, this is the same thing that happens in it, and it shows that image, like why that's so um, prevalent. And so, in that scene, in, in the scene where, you know, somebody is experiencing the ghost, they're in the closet and they're hiding from all these other people and everything. Um, and this is in the, in the show, Juwan, um, but same kind of scenario. And a girl looks up and the hatch is open to the attic and the ghost is looking down at her and that's how it attacks her. And so if you're watching the Japanese films, you're like, oh, okay, the ghost was upstairs and came and was looking at her and that's why they're looking up it's not like it the body was picked up and put in there mm -hmm. and in an american version you're kind of just like that's some really strange placement <laughs> like, yeah like yeah in the Dude, juan's um like attic style scene so i haven't seen the whole series of juan but i watched like an episode and a half of it yeah. i remember that scene though and it was terrifying and uh, again, one of my early exposures uh, to horror was the 2004 remake of The Grudge. And they kind of tweak it, but the caretaker goes upstairs to the attic to like clean it up because she's hearing the sound of the cat or whatever. And she gets up there and they do this thing where she's got a cigarette lighter to light her way. And she looks around and then the cigarette lighter is just bright enough that you can kind of see something poking out of the darkness. And as soon as she turns to light it more that's when kayako jumps out of the darkness and gets her um so that that yeah. definitely makes sense with the uh with the imagery but yeah man these these creepy terrified faces we only see it twice here i believe with uh katie 
And then we see it again with uh, Noah later on. But uh, it gets yeah, every yeah. time, man. It's terrifying. And um, uh, well, we- and they they kind of get into that. Um, I mean, they don't they don't dive in or like really explain it. Um, but especially when um, she starts looking at the pictures of Katie and her friends, like on their you know little vacation or whatever like their faces are distorted mm-hmm. um and then um when uh noah sees his face uh you know in the in the surveillance video and then he starts taking pictures of himself and his face is distorted yeah. uh so they kind of they kind of play into it like uh, but it's uh it's cool i mean it's it, it's a good creepy element yeah and uh you know we keep we kind of keep going along and like really the next pivotal point in the plot line because this movie really takes its time and builds to what is the eventual reveal and the backstory and we spend a lot of time with rachel um which is a good thing you know we usually don't get this kind of time with these characters um in these types of movies they're usually like a body count especially again coming off the slasher genre but we spend a lot of time with Rachel. We go up to the cabin where Katie and her friends were. She finds the tape and still, what are we, 20, 21 years removed, almost 22 years removed from the release of this movie. This tape is really unsettling. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. I, I think it is the... <laughs> Well, and one of the one of the things that I think is funny, um, which happens a little bit after uh, Rachel watches the video, she shows it to Noah, um, and one of my favorite lines is he's like he's like that's very student film, <laughs> 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 and I'm like yeah, actually, uh, kind of, but it, like it's funny that he says that because it is kind of like. Uh, you know, if you watch some kind of student foreign, like just crazy film that students make that are trying to be cool or, you know, whatever, it, it would definitely seem like that. Um, but, uh, you know, watching it, especially, um, there's, there's like kind of a transition where it's showing like, it's showing like worms or maggots like kind of crawling around and then it transitions to it see it it looks like the same thing but then it's like bodies or or people like just like in this big kind of pool like you know you know just kind of riding around um, and it's it's very weird, and it's it's very uh, it's very unsettling. The 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 video, whoever shot the video, or whoever came up with the the video, or whoever shot it, like did a very good job of making it like unsettling. Yeah, because it is it's it's very unsettling. Yeah, and I believe re-watching the video there's something there's a real quick shot of somebody either piercing their finger or ripping their fingernail off with like a looks like a needle or a yeah. nail or something 
Yeah, it's a it's a it's a finger like Ugh. a fingertip going through a nail. Yeah, every time I like gag looking at that, it's so disturbing. Um, so generic, throwing it back to you, how does how does this? Because uh, you mentioned the grungy tone of the originals. How yeah, does yeah. how does the feel of the videotape for this version stack up compared to what we would see in the videotape in the other one? So. The videotape in the Japanese version is pretty tame, comparably. Um, but oh. in the American version, what I like is that they take some of the elements from what happened in the Japanese version and recut it to and put it in that and and put it in the the like fever dream video, you know. But what I like about it is the sequencing too, um, which is something that. Wow, the Japanese version sort of kind of does that, you know, because it's like she sees so um Sada um Sadako or or uh, Samara sees what's going on. So that I guess this is like a vision of hers um that they captured somehow. <laughs> it's just on the <laughs> video. I don't know how that happened. That you know, we never get an explanation for that, but uh um in the American version, especially so you're talking about like the 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 fingernail that gets caught um and is ripped off, which I thought was really cool because it harkens back to again when uh, like what the creepy one of the creepiest scenes when you're going into the well. And then yeah. so in the Japanese version is one of the design aspects that I like that I don't remember if they did in the American version is that when you finally get the reveal of her, her fingernails are gone and it looks like they've been ripped off. And when oh. they're coming down in the well in the Japanese version, they stop and they see chunks of like flesh and like in the fingernails on the actual well wall. Like they're like, oh, like that's how they realize she was still alive because she's, you can see the remains of her trying to claw out, which you don't see in the American version. But they include it in the tape, which was well. Like, that's well. Wait, wait, wait. That's not true. Um, so, because in in the American version, yeah. um, when Naomi Watts goes down into the well, um, she's looking around with the flashlight, and she does see like the claw marks basically on the on the side of the well, and then she actually pulls the fingernail out of the side of the well like so that's when she realizes like hey she was trying to climb out or she was um you know she was still alive yeah so yeah and we i think, I think it was just like the the gruesomeness of it though i think it was like less less intense in the american version gotcha yeah, we uh, yeah, also... and, and and not trying to be like, oh, you're wrong, <laughs> like, <laughs> perfectly, fine. but just but just saying, yeah, no, 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 they they do touch, they do touch on that, and maybe it's not as, uh, maybe it's not as prevalent um, as the the Japanese version, but yeah, they do they do touch on that. Yeah, so we also get the iconic line whenever someone receives a phone call from Samara after they watch her videotape, which is the the whispered of seven days, uh, which again, yep. in my age group in school, when this movie was was at its peak of popularity, people would walk around saying that shit to each other all the time. Um, and it's still, oh, yeah. still creepy 
uh, to this day. And uh, but one thing that me and Jason were talking about earlier, uh, generic, is a lot of the scenes in this movie that actually creep me out the most really don't have like Samara's not on screen, you know, like after the ring and the grudge were popularized still to this day, we see a lot of stringy haired kind of like weird walking characters as the monster reveal. Right. That's still that, like you watch something like lights out and that's very, you know, very Ringu, very grudge esque. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the other side of the door had something like that as well. Um, but a lot of the scenes in the ring don't really rely on Samara for the scares. Two that come to my mind, which are, which are very intense, is when Rachel's going to the island to uh, visit Samara's parents to find out what happened. Uh, when that horse goes crazy and basically yeah. commits suicide, uh, which is a very upsetting scene, by the way. Um, that's terrifying, dude. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, the difference between that and the and the original one that so that scene alone I think is one of the better scenes mm -hmm. in the American one because in the original they're like oh there's a hurricane coming in we got to get a boat and it's like no matter what I'm like you're not getting to that island even if there's a hurricane coming in so the yeah horse makes way more sense super creepy yeah and then we also get um, what I think is honestly the most disturbing scene is. Uh, Samara's father, Richard, played by uh Stryker himself. Uh Mr. Cox. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> <laughs> that was very Chicago of you, Jason. Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox. But, uh, but uh his suicide scene when Rachel's starting to get to the bottom of what happened with Samara, because we find out that she we're starting to find out that she had the power to basically put these creepy images in the heads of her parents and other people and animals to basically drive them insane and bit like the horse does want to commit suicide. Right. Um, and then Richard, you know, says like, my wife wasn't supposed to have a child, uh, your son, because at this point, Aiden, her Rachel's son has also watched the tape as well. And he says, Oh yes, he will die. You know, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Him electrocute electrocuting himself in the bathtub is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in a horror movie. Yeah, especially um, at that time, like you didn't, that's not something that you were accustomed to as far as like that lead up. And it was like mm -hmm. a super scene starts and, you know, and they get that, that shot where she's walking down the hallway, following him, you know, and then he disappears in this room and comes back out. And it's like, she showed up at some point before he was able to do this but he was going to do it regardless of whether she got there in time right you know <laughs> yeah and and i know that they kind of so well, I, 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 like I, I looking think... looking at the movie they kind of establish here that these are samara's birth parents but in ring two they sort of twist that mm -hmm. and we're we're introduced to a different biological mother that had her first and then she came to be with um the Morgans basically. Um, but right here, man, it's just, uh, it's very disturbing that Samara's mom is going to off herself supposedly because of the horses, you know, her prized horses killing themselves. Um, but there's a lot more dark and dastardly stuff to, uh, 
to uh, both of their parents basically, you know, taking their own lives. Um, yeah, Jason, Jason, I cut you off. What were you going to say? No, it's 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 interesting because um, this is one of kind of the aspects of the movie that, uh, like, I I don't I don't have a problem with it, but it's just like, um, okay, so she and and they don't really talk about it, like, so it's like, okay, so she was trying to have kids and she had like all these miscarriages. Um, and then they allude to the fact that she finally had a child and then Samara is just like this evil bitch and <laughs> you know it's like Jason you should go on Wikipedia and edit the plot summary because that's way more entertaining <laughs> I mean, well I, I mean it is it's like I mean they, they paint it that way it's just like Samara is like this evil bitch um and um i i think uh, do they do they allude that she's adopted or or no not not at all here no i didn't yeah i didn't think so yeah so um so then she finally has a child and all of a sudden this child has like uh you know all of these like psychic abilities and then just for no reason she's just kind of like this evil bitch and uh and then <laughs> I think uh, you've he, made he, that I think you've made that perfectly clear. I know, but it's <laughs> it's just <laughs> my it's, favorite it's, my favorite part about that is that the way you're saying it is you have a very hard B at the beginning. She's not an evil bitch, she's an evil bitch. Well, yeah, but because so... it's like they—they're. That's what I was like, kind of saying in the beginning, right? Because it's like they don't, and in a lot of American films, and this is something that I wish they stopped doing, which is why I'm very concerned about they, which is the the uh, they follow, um, the sequence. Oh yeah, follows, is because a lot of times they try to explain shit, and it's like, why do we need this kind of backstory when in the the original version you don't get that so there's no videotapes of um there would be no videotapes of samara in this like weird kind of conversation of back and forth where she's like oh you know that make her that evil bitch <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, well, so side, I, side complaint there i i really am <laughs> i'm gonna go in with an open mind but i'm really not excited for a sequel that follows me and jason did an episode on that last year and that yeah. movie's just so perfect that oh, I, just... I love it follows i i really if, if they do the sequel well then great but if if they fuck it up i'm gonna be so pissed yeah. um because the original is so good um but no but they uh, like i i've talked about a, a lot and we've talked about a lot on our show that you know sometimes less is better yeah yeah. You know, but they they do not talk about what her what Samara's deal was at all. It's just like, okay, um, she was born when she shouldn't have been, and she's got these kind of like, I guess, you know, psychic powers or whatever. But why, even if she has psychic powers, is she just 
like terrible like why is she just like you know fucking up her parents mm-hmm. uh which is which is what she does well i mean i, I guess when you're uh when you're a kid um you know i i don't know how old we're supposed i don't know if they ever say how old samara is when when she's killed but um i mean you know, i get that I, I just get the, I get the impression that she's like, you know, maybe ten or twelve. I was gonna say she can't be more than like ten or eleven years old, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. she almost looks even younger when we actually see the tape of her discussing her powers. Um, yeah. I don't know. Generic. Remind me. Does she in the tape? Does she explain why she's doing what she's doing, or does it just kind of like, oh, this is just what I can do? Um. So not so much the tape, but in like some of like the flashbacks. So like in the in so in the Japanese version, you get like these these flashbacks, whereas in the American version, you still get flashbacks, but it's more like a counselor to patient. Yeah. Kind of. Whereas in the in the Japanese version, it's very like somebody figures out that she has like premonitions and can like see things, and when they happen in her mind, it's 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 going to happen, and. So before the curse even starts, um, you get this, uh, there's like a scene where they have like a divider and on one side you have her and on the other side you have somebody drawing out different words or writing out different words. And then on the other side, she's writing them out. And then everyone is like, oh, like this is a hoax. Like that's, that's not really happening. And she gets scared. And so she kills this dude, but she's thinking about it. She's like, oh, look, you know, like this guy's gonna die. And that's the first time that you get somebody who dies. So it's the the between the tape and then the and then the the cut scenes. I, it's very strange how they try to piece things together. And again, I think that's kind of why that um, the approach that they have between like the patient client kind of thing, where they're trying to make her into this like evil girl that wants to hurt people. Whereas in the original, she didn't want to hurt anybody. Like she was just trying to be like, hey, like this is this cool thing that I can do. And they're like, no, we're going to kill you. Well, that's kind of <laughs> how I took it when when we're watching Samara, because they don't tell you a whole lot. But I never took it as she was intentionally trying to put these images in people's heads. Right. She was just a, a young child that had this ability. But like most, you know, origin stories for characters like this didn't know what she was doing or what it really did to people because when you're a child you can't fathom that stuff Mm -hmm. um but i just took it as the parents kind of because it is portrayed also as a tragedy what happened to samara which when they reveal basically after the horses committed suicide and the parents couldn't deal with it anymore anna samara's mother took her out by the well and from behind from behind like put a plastic bag over Samara's head and suffocated her to death. So she thought, yeah. And she suffocates Samara and then throws her down the well, but mm-hmm. Samara doesn't die for seven days. Hence why it's seven days for, for her to basically climb up the well and kill the victims that watch the, the tape. And at the end, you know, when they, when they explain the way to survive is Samara wants her story to be heard. Yeah. You know, she doesn't want to be forgotten. So I never took it that it was portrayed that this is an evil little girl. This was like a unfortunate circumstance where she couldn't help it. And the parents did this awful thing to her rather than trying to be helpful. 
Right. Um, so, but it, well, I, well, I well, but it both ways. Yeah, go ahead. So, like, so Samara obviously can project uh, images into people's heads. Um, she's she's kind of psychic or 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 whatever she is. Um, but from the beginning, she's not um projecting uh <laughs> nice images into people's heads. Like it's it's always like geez, grotesque mm -hmm. um images, which is which is why the like the horses are running away from her um and the horses are killing themselves um and then even when they do like uh so the like the kind of ekg images or whatever they are um you know they're they're all these just kind of just weird just awful images so i i don't understand necessarily why she just projects these awful images um, because it's not like her parents were or the the understanding is not that the, that the parents were like mistreating her at first <laughs> like they were like they were cool with her at first and they were happy to have her. And they even say a couple of times, like, oh, like, you know, like, that was all that Anna, I think is her mom's name, right? Anna? Yeah. Um, is It's just like, you know, Anna wanted her more than life itself because she had had all of these miscarriages. And, um, you know, Samara was like, you know like the best thing that could have ever happened to her and she was begging for her. um and then as soon as samara comes along like she just uh, just starts fucking everybody up <laughs> um so it, you know i don't know it's 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 a weird kind of well, and I and samara samara is the reason for the horses because the horses um, because even when Naomi Watts uh, sees the horse on the boat, um, it's because she's been influenced by Samara. Yeah. Because she's seen the tape, and so the horse freaks out because the horse looks into her eyes, and she, you know, it, it fucks the horse up, and, yeah. and you know everything like that, and so that that puts it out there that you know that when Samara was trying to interact with the horses that that's the reason that the horses died and then that's the reason that Samara's mom wanted to die um and I don't know it's just um it's it I mean like I I understand all of it and why like why it happened from that point of view but just like the origin it's I'm like okay, so why why is Samara just so fucked up, or why is like why is she evil? Um, well, I, th I think that's where uh, generics um, statement earlier about sometimes less is better. You can kind of look at it either way. Is it a 
is it better off that Samara can't do this to other people like she did to her parents? Or is it a tragedy and this girl just couldn't control what was happening and she's just got that childlike naivety about her? Um and... Well, but what but what she says too though, like when when they when they finally get down to the when they finally get down to the video of her in the like psych psychiatric hospital, um, they they ask her you know what's going on and she's like i love my mommy i what i want to go home to my mommy and then they're like um well you don't want to hurt people do you and she says yeah i do yeah, <laughs> well, like, maybe there's yeah, more yeah i want to hurt people more to be learned about the mom maybe maybe they weren't the best people ever uh, <laughs> yeah i i mean i don't know and then well and the fact that you know, because uh, they figure out that she was kind of isolated up in <laughs> up in the barn and was kind of abused and everything like that. But, um, you know, was that the mom's fault or, you know, what... I kind of feel like it, it was, though. Right. Because so if you look at it in in either story or iteration of the story, you can sort of like if you look at like other stories that are kind of similarly based right especially when you have ones where it's like one parent is for one parent is against and so i think at that point where they're talking to her she's already experienced a, a pretty awful amount of either pressure from people around her that are like you know like that's why she's there like I don't, no kid wants to wind up in a situation like that but she doesn't want to see her dad she just wants to see her mom which kind of alludes to the fact that maybe there's something going on with her father. She doesn't want anything to do with her father. And so when you get to the scene in the well, the only person that she is now around that has any type of faith in her that she can confide in is the person throwing a bag over her head and choking her yeah. out. And then like, it's not even really that, you know, her mom wants to do it. It's that, you know, her husband, uh, has told her to do this and so i think that there might be it's, it's it's i don't know how strong of an argument for this case that there is but i think that she threw her daughter in the well knowing that she didn't suffocate her yet because she couldn't bear to actually kill her daughter so she was like i'll just let the well do it right and so now she's alive and she's just been betrayed samara's just been betrayed by the very last person that she confided in. So I think that is like the tipping point between I want to see my mom and yeah, I do want to hurt people, but like I haven't really done it yet to the curse of like, oh, now nobody wants to pay attention to me. So now that's, I feel like that's how the curse is born, right? Like everyone's going to know my story. And if you don't tell anybody else, I'll just kill you because I can't trust you. Yeah. Kind of thing. And at the and at the same time though, it almost seems like you know, Samara gets suffocated from behind. She does get betrayed by her mother, but at the same time, she's willing to once Rachel watches the tape and Rachel's a mother in her own right, mm -hmm. Samara's willing to show her stuff, you know, without necessarily that same hostility. You know, Rachel's able to uncover her story and give her the proper burial which Rachel thinks is a good thing and will help Samara to to move on 
and you know the curse gets passed and but samara doesn't really come off that hostile to to rachel and aiden it's kind of like oh like here's the mother figure i wanted and i still maybe have some respect for my mom um <laughs> yeah exactly well and it's well and it's it's also a, a another possibility that once she is like committed um when she says yeah i do want to hurt people it's it's very possible that she's like you know these people have put me in here and i'm separated from my mom because she says you know i i just want to see my mommy um and obviously her dad has had a problem with her um so it's it's very possible too that like she's just like i i still think she's like a tragic character um in the fact that she's like you know what i just want to see my mom and if i've got to fuck all of you up (laughs) just so and just so i can get back to see my mom and just feel like i'm loved and i'm cared for again um then great you know i'll that's what i'll do and and it seems like uh you know the dad uh you know basically was the one that just wanted to keep her up there in in the in the loft and and you know separate her and you know whatever uh so so um, yeah so on the uh, on the other hand like her just going yeah like uh i'll fuck you guys up and (laughs) yeah i do want to hurt people just so i can see my mom again like i'll do it so i mean that's that's another kind of you know flip side to it as well and then uh samara's curse is gonna live on because as we bring it on home you know rachel has made a copy of the tape uh and it's been passed to her ex uh aiden's father noah and we get the the scare of scares in this movie and what everyone remembers about the ring is Samara coming out of the well, coming out of the television and scaring Noah to death, which still to this day is very, very creepy. Um, I don't know if it holds up as well in the scare department when she actually is out of the TV and she's got that like static equality about her. Right. But all the scenes where she's she is staring down that and that exit out of the television and is walking towards the television with her hands out. I mean, it's scary stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, we see how she kills people. Basically, you look her in the eye and your your heart's going to stop, as Jason said. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rachel and Aiden realize they got to they got to keep passing on her story. And Aiden says, what's going to happen to the person that watches it next? And the curse is just going to live on. And uh, well, no, no. One of the one of the things that I like about it, um, too, is um, like kind of the whole movie or what it builds up to is, um, you know, Rachel being like, OK, I solved the mystery and she wanted to tell her story and we saved her i i saved her not ne- not necessarily like saved her but like she got her message across and i found her you know and everything 
Um, and then when she starts talking to Aiden, Aiden's like, hey, what happened to the girl? And she's like, I, I helped her. I, I freed her. You know, we found her. And so everything's okay. And then Aiden goes, what? What did you do? <laughs> like, you weren't supposed to do that. He's like, you helped her? And she's like, yeah, I helped her. Like, we, you know, we put her to rest. And he's like, you shouldn't have done that. Um, and yeah. so then it, you know, kind of goes on from there. Gets flipped on its head. It's, it's kind of confusing, though. And I guess maybe it's just because he's a kid. But I feel like that's that's kind of one of those things that always irks me, um, especially when a horror movie is trying to take itself more seriously than not. It's like, if you knew that, like, why don't you say something beforehand? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> you know like the mom already knows uh, you know she that her her kid is either sensitive to what's going on because he's watched the film already or he can see her there's that kind of connection that you feel with them you know and um you know he says things that are just like very obvious like yes like he's talking to her and like she, you know so i i feel like she should have been able to put two and two together and and been like well what do you know and yeah just that part just doesn't happen but i feel like the movie got in a completely different direction if he was just like don't help her yeah it's just like well then we then we get to expand on that when you watch the ring too and you find out how much of a mistake it was for rachel to let samara go (laughs) um but uh i mean that that's the ring um generic what a pick man still still a great movie still very very scary um, and very disturbing. And uh, you got any final thoughts, generic, on the ring before we uh, before we wrap up the movie discussion? Um, well, I mean, you know, obviously that movie is really influential. Um, and you know, around that time, you know, with a, a lot of the different horror movies that were coming out, you know, like uh, we had just gone through um, 9/11. and so there are a lot of different movies that, not only especially once you started getting into movies like um saw and hostile and all those kinds of movies where you start seeing the that different kinds of resentment of society um but in these movies kind of like what you were saying um, way earlier in the episode jason we were talking about how there is uh, this fear of technology and emerging technology so it's like you have that are you know you're going from the vhs to the dvd you're going from nothing to the internet um and the year so the year before that movie came out um you had the movie cairo uh which came out in 2001 um at which yeah uh, named pulse and so that very much focused on the fear of the internet and you know like what's that what is that going to do to people and um then you know with this one you have that fear of not only um cell phones and dvds and all the sort of kind of stuff but it's like the the kind of integral setting that a lot of people now when they're looking at stuff they're like we need to make a, a horror movie that is pre cell phone era so it's like then it's like you start looking at movies like the ring um and kind of like how how that like what about that film scared people and it's like you don't have color id you know, so, so, I, and I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to look at the caller ID, you know, if you're getting a, something and it's like, it pops up on your cell phone. It's like the ring is calling like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I do have to say that part of, 
part of my uh, memory of the ring is definitely influenced by the parody version in Scary Movie 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. With little things like, uh, um, I just blanked on her name, but the girl in uh, Scary Movie 3 that's in all the scary movies. Um, um, uh, Chris, Chris Pratt's wife Pratt. or ex wife. Yeah. Chris. yeah. Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on her. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Yeah, Anna Ferris. Um, I do love when she does the seven days scene with the disembodied voice, and she's like, seven days. She's like, seven days? Oh my God, I'm going to die next Monday. Yes. No, <laughs> wait, that would be seven business days. This is seven days starting now. <laughs> she's like, well, but there's a holiday next month, next week. Do you count that? <laughs> like, yeah. That parody version is pretty funny. But uh, yeah, no, the. The Ring still remains a very um, influential movie for me. Um, one that I still find very scary. Uh, Jason, does it does it hold up for you? Is this one you're going to continue to revisit? Yeah, I, I mean, I I think it holds up very well. Um, and especially, uh, we kind of touched on it um, earlier as far as like the aesthetic and the lighting and stuff like that. Um, it, it very much reminds me of David Fincher's kind of look and, and feel that he does with his movies. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. Like, <laughs> I, it's it's a great movie. <laughs> wow, you went really like polar opposite from like it's really good. No, to, no, 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 I don't hate it. No, 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 I, <laughs> <Evil bitch>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually like it. And I, I was surprised today um, because I, I feel like I, I saw it so many times when it came out that even when I rewatched it today, um, because I always like to be fresh on our movies, like when we do it, um, I, there wasn't much that I, forgot about it uh I, I was just like oh what was the thing about the horses um and then still didn't get any <laughs> explanation on that other than just oh. you know tomorrow was just weird and all you need uh, to know is goodbye horses yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> goodbye horses yep. <laughs> um, girl screaming that's my horse <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god um, um no no but i i do like this movie um and i um i'll watch it anytime it comes on i'm good with it um and it's I, I won't say it's it's one just because i've seen it so many times it's not one that i'm really gonna like seek out yeah. um to watch but yeah anytime it's on i'm i'm down I like that's, it. That's what Queen of the Damned is for, right? That's the, the movie that you seek out. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. There we go. See, generic, you're getting the rhythm down already. Just give Jason shit and you're good with our show. <laughs> uh, but hey, man, thanks so much for coming on our show, dude. This was a total blast. We hope you had fun. Uh, let's dive into your podcast a little bit. I, I read off the the description about you know what the generic podcast is, but there's a lot of different layers to it. There's a lot that you cover. So if someone comes up to you and says, oh, what's your show about? How do you sum it up to people? What is the 
the central purpose of the generic podcast? Um, so, I mean, I definitely have some episodes where I'm just like talking about things that I enjoy um, as far as being a fan of those different genres. Um, but the main thing that I try to do with the podcast is not only to talk about various subjects, especially when I have guests on, um, but to give others that want to get into whatever kind of career that we're discussing with the, the guest, um, a little bit more insight on that. So it's like, if I'm talking to somebody who's an author, you know, it might be, um, sometimes I've talked about, you know, how, you, how do you pick cover design? Um, or like when I had um, Aaron Beauregard on the show, he's uh, an extreme horror author. And uh, we were talking about how do you get into marketing as an author and like what it's like the the big takeaways from that. And, you know, like if it's um, somebody that has worked in film, you know, like what are some different kinds of things that people could expect to to come across when they're starting filming? And like, how do you get around those kinds of things? So it's kind of like this show, it's super laid back. Um, just talk about a whole bunch of different things within whatever genres that they work in. But um, at the end, I try to like nail it home with, you know, some kind of factual information that um, other people can use. And um, like, you know, because it's like, especially like if you're going to school or if you like, if you're doing research and you're not really quite sure where to look, it's like, well, then hopefully my show and my guests are a, a good uh, pointer in the right direction of, of what you can either expect or what you should should do in terms of um creativity that way yeah that's awesome man i definitely think people 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 need to hear that stuff i know that um you know jason and myself with what we do with our podcast there's a lot to learn from a lot of different fields because there's a lot that goes into doing this with marketing and you know managing social media and you know just different technologies that we're using to record and and things like that so i think it's important to have a podcast like yours to to kind of get that out to people and hopefully encourage them to if you're if you're not partaking in some sort of uh some sort of creative outlet or medium like give it a try see what works um and i've really been enjoying listening to your show i you know i started by listening to to your interview with our jacob honeybrook our good dude roy and um you guys did a lot of deep dives on there you know in in terms of what it what goes into writing and um you know how the how the horror genre kind of influences what, what both of you do in a lot of ways. Um, so where can people, and I know you have a lot of, uh, you know, look, just looking at your background, there's a lot of different mediums that the, that the generic podcast takes. So um, where can people check it out? What's uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you, keep up with all things generic podcasts and uh, what all do you have going on over there with, uh, with your show? Um, so if you want to get in contact with me, one of the easiest ways, um, you can either go on to, uh, the generic podcast on Instagram with a underscore in between each one, um, or you can talk, uh, contact me directly at generic. Um, I post pretty frequently over on, um, TikTok. So if you like, you know, I, I don't talk so much about recent movies like I will. Um, but a lot of what I talk about is, um, a lot of like horror and um, like comedy horror and stuff like that. And just like super cheesy stuff. Um, so you can check me out there. Um, I'm on discords. You can check out my servers, just generic. Um, I'm on Twitch every single night. Um, unless I'm tired, <laughs> <laughs> very tired. Um, so uh, every single night from 12 AM to 2 AM, 
uh, Central Time I'm on there. Um, and then um, I have, I, I re-upload all my gameplay. I don't edit anything yet just because I don't have the time as a single person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the podcast, the main page is on uh, Spotify, um, but pretty much anywhere uh, that you listen to podcasts, it's available. I don't have anything on YouTube yet, but I am getting there. So at some point, all the future episodes um, will also be um, available to watch on uh, YouTube. I, I probably won't go as in-depth with all the music <laughs> sorts of things that I do for the audio version. So you'll have like two different versions to check out. Um, and then when I stream, I do a simulcast um, on Twitch and Kick. And then um, it's NaNoWriMo, so I've been working on a short story collection. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to finish that and have that out for next year so people can have uh, nine creepy tales to read for me as well. So doing awesome, man. <laughs> well, uh, before before you go too, I mean, obviously uh, you're a big gamer. Sounds like you're a horror gamer too. Um, uh, what's, uh, what's piquing your interest right now? Uh, I am currently getting my ass kicked in Lives of P. I'm like right at the end of Lives of P. Um, and then I think I'll have to go back, but I think it's, I'm doing uh, the Callisto Protocol. Then I'm going to be going through the remake of Dead Space, which is one of my favorite series. I was going to ask (laughs) that specific question. Um, (laughs) how is Callisto? Um, and have you seen him lately? Um, uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, I'm a huge, huge Dead Space fan. Oh yeah. Um, Dead Space Two is is kind of by uh, uh, <laughs> my magnum opus. I love that game so much. <laughs> um, uh, that along with um. Uh, and- rock your world i yeah. promise you it's it's so good <laughs> i should stream um, at some point <laughs> great great game um and also um i love uh apparently apparently there my uh Came back. my zoom is telling telling us it's time to <laughs> bring it on home <laughs> but, to uh, say that. <laughs> yeah but uh well, thanks for thanks for having me on it's, it's yeah absolutely man we we glad we're glad we could finally make this happen you are welcome back anytime you would like anytime you want to talk about a movie anything you want to plug about your show and the work you do um yeah. you're doing amazing stuff over there so everyone Please go check out the generic podcast. Generic's a good dude, one of our new friends, and he's doing amazing stuff over there. So go check out everything that he's up to, and we hope to have him back soon. Uh, in the meantime, 
Get in touch with us on social medias under Facebook and Instagram, Midnight Terrors Podcast. You can shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. We're rapidly approaching the end of 2023, so get those emails in. Let us know what you want to hear on the show in 2024. Uh, you can check out our T Public store, which is linked in our link tree and Instagram. You can pick up a shirt, sticker, or hoodie and join the Midnight Terrors family that way. Um, we don't plug it nearly enough as we should, but join our Facebook group as well. Uh, just Midnight Terrors podcast. All of the uh, Midnight Terrors families over there talking about different movies and just shooting the shit and having a good time. So uh, jump on in there. And then lastly, we're coming up to December. We have another live podcast event on Thursday, December 7th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Oak Road Brewery in Somerville, South Carolina called Midnight Terrors Podcast Live. Here comes Krampus. So it's going to be fun. Come on out and talk some horror with us. Bring, bring those voices and those opinions. We love it. I've said it about 30,000 times, but Jason, what the hell is this show called? it's called the midnight terrorist podcast and come get you some that it is that is the midnight terrorist <laughs> podcast everyone thanks so much for listening we'll see you all again very soon peace